0: Cause it's a pick A distant destiny child You know it will be rockin' Cause it's flippin' insane It's just a pick A destiny child More precious than a diamond on a platinum chain
1: In Venice Beach Alright everybody, it welcome to The Pick Or should I say uh, The Dick <laughs> 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 I should say The Dick Anyways
0: uh, We're not topping that joke for the rest of the it's podcast
1: so good Feels so good about it. Uh, I am your host, Kala Westman. I'm joined by John Otney and Sean Lemmy. And this week we are talking about the 1990 film Dick Tracy, uh, completing our trilogy of cartoon movie adaptations. Um, we did Josie and the Pussycats, and then we did Speed Racer last week, and now we're capping it off. With Dick Tracy. Um, I feel like I've had kind of a similar reaction watching all of these movies and that you know all of them seem like they weren't that critically praised at the time and yet I feel like they're a lot of fun to watch right now. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because like it's really easy to harp on movies like this for being one-dimensional, literally, <laughs> you know. But it's like, yeah, that's that's the point is that they're creating a cartoon world. But we'll get into that when we talk. I about think they're comparison.
0: all movies too, with like such a heightened sense of reality. They all feel very fantastical and cartoony. So yeah, that's fun.
1: Uh, But first, let's talk about our little picks. Um, I guess the one I am going to go with is uh, a little bit of a a movie journey I went on while in quarantine, uh, making full use of Disney Plus. uh, And I don't know, has to do with the fact that I've been cooped up with uh, my girlfriend this whole time and. I don't know, getting into a movie series that she liked when she was a teenager and I completely just didn't give a shit about at all. It is the High School Musical Trilogy. Ah. Uh, I ended up watching all three of them, and they were pretty fun. I had a good time with them. Uh, I guess I'll just go through each one of them. Why why not? Uh, The first one... High School Musical it was a Disney Channel original movie about uh, this jock named Troy, played by uh, Zach Efron. He's a star of the basketball team, the East High Wildcats. But he wildcats. finds. Wildcats? Yeah, Wildcats. <laughs> he finds that he's got kind of a knack for music, and he tries out for the school musical, and he's like, ooh, I kind of want to do this, but like, what will, what will the jocks think? I'm a I'm a basketball player. I can't sing. I can't dance. So it's just about him, like trying to figure out who he wants to be, I guess. Uh, and it, and the, I think what makes these enjoyable is like the dancing and the choreography. Uh, they were all directed by Kenny Ortega, who uh, is is a renowned choreographer, I believe. I think he directed Newsies in the '90s. I think. I remember he was involved with that final Michael Jackson tour that was going to happen. Um, I think he did the choreography for the tour, actually, and then he ended up directing that documentary that came out about it, uh, This Is It. Um, but I guess my one problem with the first film is it doesn't quite have enough musical numbers for me. Because um, a lot of the... It's like, called
0: High School Musical!
1: I know! <laughs> And like a lot of the, the high school stuff Where they're just like being being teens It's like it's okay I guess <laughs> It's You're pretty Pretty typical high school movie For the most part And then there are more Like dancing and music scenes In the second one But the second one's weird Because it's not set at the high school It like takes place in the summer After their junior year And it takes place at like The resort of like the, the villains of the films like the resort that their parents own and like all the kids work there for some reason I don't know it's weird but like the songs are fun there's a cool like baseball dance off scene that's weird but delightful and like dancing on a baseball field? yeah they're all dancing on a baseball field but like they're oh. also playing baseball so they're like doing flips and stuff over the bases and stuff. Uh and then the third one it's got kind of like way higher production value because it was actually a movie that was released in theaters and not just a Disney Channel movie. Well it's probably the best because of it, just because it has like the look and feel of, of just a lavish musical set in the high school world. Because it's it's their senior year at that point. Uh yeah, they're all they're all fun, wholesome movies that are like very PG. Look at high school life, and also Zac Efron gets like slightly more ripped with each movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, what
0: after watching these movies, what is your perception of Zac Efron? Because I feel like when we were teenagers, it was very easy to hate on Zac Efron because he was a heartthrob.
1: Yeah, I I guess I like him more just because he's I don't know he's very good at doing the dancing and the singing in in this movie he can he's a performer. It's just weird that he became like a slacker comedy star guy <laughs> after these. Didn't really do any musicals, although I think he was he in like the Greatest Showman or something. I don't know.
0: That sounds right.
1: Yeah. But anyways, that's my pick.
0: Um, are, are you craving more?
1: No, I'm. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> satisfied.
0: All musical now. Yeah. You're
2: not gonna start okay. watching Glee.
1: No, definitely
0: not. You know, funny. My problem when I was watching Glee, yeah, not enough music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have only ever watched the first episode, and what I hate is like, they don't actually perform the songs. They like lit sync to like pre-recorded i mean it is them doing the songs but like it just feels so fucking fake <laughs> yeah i hated that i
2: remember there was a scene where the football players do single ladies that everybody was telling
0: me about the next day that was my main exposure to glee <laughs> i do find it interesting and i always hear about like oh this is the abba episode or this is the the disco episode i wonder how many themes they did This is the tool episode. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should revisit Glee someday. It was pretty popular. I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to recommend something weird. I'm going to recommend an electronic. So you guys probably know there's a pandemic going around. It's been in the news a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the way I like to keep sane is going out on runs, or at least very fast walks with my dog, because uh, it's been very nice in the Pacific Northwest, and I've been going on these long walks, and I like to listen to music, so I got some new um, wireless uh, earbuds. I used to have uh, AirPods, but I like lost one of them, and they're pretty expensive, so I, I got one that is uh, just as good, and, um, but half the price. They're called Raycons, R A Y C O N. They are uh, made by Ray J from Moesha. <laughs> so he just Ray J, man. He just you can't go wrong with Ray J. He always knocks it out of the park. Is that
1: the guy and, who had a sex tape with? Yeah, sex. Kardashian <laughs> sex tape guy. Okay. He's also in Mars Attacks. Yeah. He's uh,
0: he does it all. He's yeah. an entrepreneur. <laughs> But I'm really digging them. Uh, it's been it's been really nice going out with these on. What's your guys' um, headphone game these days? Out
1: of curiosity.
0: Do you guys do uh, the the wireless or just what's your dealio?
1: Um, yeah, I just use my uh, whatever fucking earpods came with my Apple phone that I got recently. But I also have these Sony. Uh, Noise cancelling headphones That I'm actually wearing right now As we record That I got for Christmas a few years ago That are really nice But sometimes I feel like They cut me out From the outside world too much <laughs> I, I do have that problem Where like
0: I'll be on a trail or something And then chubby kid on a bike comes by And I gotta like leap out of the way Cause I'm just, I'm just Rocking out Yeah you know, I don't whatever really my workout wear,
1: mix is. I don't really wear them outside much. I usually just. It's too dangerous. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just me and the music out there. But, like, I have to go
0: out and listen to music like that. I can't listen to music at home. I get too distracted. I need to either be driving or walking, where it sounds like I'm also distracted when I'm out doing those things, which is also bad. But whatever. It's fun. Uh, yeah, Raycons, they're cheap. There's lots of good deals for them, too. So, uh, do you, if you're do looking you guys
2: it, get worried that your AirPod will fall out and then you'll lose it while you're running?
0: Oh, absolutely. That's that's what's great about Raycons. They come with so many different fitted sizes, like the you know the little plastic part that goes on the end. So I got like I feel like one of my ears, the inside is smaller than the other one, so I use different sizes for for each one. Uh, for I have I have
2: these uh, these wireless headphones i think they're called jaybirds that they
0: sound pretty cool
2: <laughs> i am, i mean i also have airpods that i use when i'm not doing exercise and i was using them when i started going to the gym too uh before covid took that away from me um but i liked the jaybirds because they're attached to each other and i just i'm really paranoid that like one's gonna fall out of one ear
0: and then it's just gone and i i only have the other ear I mean, that's a valid concern. This whole story started with me losing (laughs) one of my AirPods. And, like, the cost of replacing just one was, like, the price of buying these Raycons. So I was like, (laughs) fuck that. These are just as good. So, man, you know, you can't go wrong with Ray J. So, check them out.
2: Uh, so my little pick, speaking of the music industry, uh, is definitely my favorite album of the year so far uh but that might be controversial because it's a live album it's called with and it's by the band sylvan esso who you guys might remember i really like um but i was a little surprised that they're putting out a live album because they only have the two lps uh and it's been three years so it's like come on give me give me something new um But it turns out this this With album is a lot of new stuff because um, they've done a thing. I'm sure uh, lots and lots and lots of bands have done this, but I think of uh, My Morning Jacket and their... uh, Oh, God, I never remember how to say it. Okonoko. Okonoko. Yeah, you you know they did that live album where they had a bunch of their older songs, but it was like with the new version of the band, so they sounded cooler. Uh, this is like that, sort of, but it's also just really expanded because Sylvanesso is a two person electronic band. And for this tour they did last year, they expanded to a 10 person group, um, complete with uh, the other members of the, the group Mountain Man, uh, which is uh, Amelia Meaths. She's the, the singer from Sylvanesso, that's her, her other band. Uh, I, th- I saw that Jen Wasner is is in this touring company. She's um, she's part of another electronic duo that I love called Y-Oak. Uh, she's also in Boney Bear, so she's great. Uh, Colin, I got to see her last autumn. Uh, and-, and Meg did Duffy. not know that
1: because <laughs> we were very <laughs> far away. <laughs>
2: but Okay. Uh, Meg Duffy also. Um, plays a guitar solo on this that i find very emotional for some reason they're great Uh, they have a band called hand habits anyway uh it's this you know they're it's they're totally reimagining these songs with the full group it just sounds great i love listening to it i've listened to this probably like three or four times a day since it came out a couple weeks ago and i'm only now starting to get kind of sick of it um so I highly, highly recommend with by Sylvanesso. Esso. there's also a concert film uh, that you can watch, which I, I did. It's it's fine. It's uh, they you know they they splice some interviews in with the performances of most of the songs that are on the album. It's like an hour long. It's fine. Uh, I I just I really like that they put together like a how to how to socially distant uh, watch this documentary thing on their site where they instruct people on how to, like, set up a virtual watch party, which is cool. They get it. And I'm also real happy to hear that this tour never made it anywhere close to Washington State, so I don't have to feel bad for <laughs> missing out on seeing it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last thing I want to tell you guys is that um, the costume that Amelia wears in this is, uh, if not the best big suit in the history of music, at least the second best big suit in the history of live music.
1: Alright. Okay, so, let's talk about Dick Tracy. Let's talk about some other big
0: suits. Oh, so (laughs) many
1: big suits. (laughs) So yeah, Dick Tracy is a movie I kind of... (laughs) equate with my youth because i remember having like dick tracy t-shirts maybe dick tracy (laughs) pants i don't know maybe some other dick tracy toys and i was like trying to figure out why that would have been because i would have been too young for this movie when it came out but i think what it was is that i had older cousins who were probably into dick tracy when it came out and i probably got like their hand-me-downs uh and so i just had this dick tracy shit even though i never saw the movie and still hadn't seen it until like last week and it is kind of amazing just how much just merch (laughs) and ephemera (laughs) was produced uh in lieu of this movie, there was action figures, there was toy 2 two-way, two-way wristwatches, of course. I saw they print they had this thing where it was like a kit that came with like software that you could put on your computer and then you could print out like art that came on the disc or whatever. Cause the early nineties there were rain ponchos. Dick Tracy suspenders There was a breathless Mahoney Cosmetic set as well as a Dick Tracy grooming kit Uh, Whoa
0: whoa whoa Dick Tracy grooming kit? What does that entail? Came with
1: a watch A comb and aftershave (laughs) (laughs) There you go Uh, There was also So I can smell like Dick Tracy Oh yeah Uh, Mm. Smell like a man's man There was also masks created For all of the Hideous goons in the movie
0: Oh no, I'm gonna look this up
1: right now Of course, I'm sure everyone wants that There was like tons of McDonald's Tie-ins There were video games There were three soundtrack albums <laughs> There was The soundtrack for the score There was um, oh, God, there was this compilation I was looking at That just had like a bunch of modern artists Doing Dick Tracy esque songs, like let's see who's on here: Katie Lang, Jerry Lee Lewis, <laughs> Ice T. I was listening to Ice T's Dick Tracy, which was uh, pretty fun. <laughs> Not as heavy as uh, Body Count from the Universal Soldier soundtrack, but still, still pretty good. <laughs>
2: Body count. I forgot about that shit. Oh man, fucking
1: good song. And then Madonna even recorded like a whole album's worth of music, both from the movie and inspired by the movie, which I listened to earlier today. It's like just a whole album where she's doing like a '30s, '40s like kind of jazzy, like lounge vibe thing, and then. The last track of the album is "Vogue," uh, which is like the but, only hit song on that album, and which feels a little out of place with the other songs. But I think they recorded the whole album, and they were like, "There's, there's no hits here. We need, we need something." And so they just uh, pumped out "Vogue," which is a jam. Uh, and so yeah, there's this, just like this was a movie that they wanted to make a hit. Slash cultural phenomenon so badly. Like, they wanted it to be 1990s Batman, uh which was another comic adaptation uh from the previous year, 1989, which was the highest grossing film of that year. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh,
0: before I move on, Colin, did yes. you see this list? on the retro network of the 15 weirdest dick tracy merchandise
1: items yeah that was where i I got some of these
0: there's a few more that boggle my mind like yeah okay captain crunch door hangers sunglasses (laughs) he doesn't even wear sunglasses (laughs) i see the print kit yeah uh rad rollers and action marbles a dick tracy bandana there's the poncho yeah these are so good I saw some refrigerator magnets on another list. Yeah. It's <laughs> just went nuts. Oh, man. Yeah, they did want to be Batman, didn't they? I bet... I don't even know if Batman has this... The, I doubt there's a Batman aftershave kit. Yeah. Or grooming kit. Oh, I
2: bet there is.
1: <laughs> I, mean, right, now I gotta look that up. Yeah, probably for one of the Batmans. But this was a movie that was in development for quite a while, I believe, Warren Beatty had been wanting to make a Dick Tracy movie as early as 1975, and I think he actually got kind of close to making it in like the late 70s, early 80s, Um, and Tom Mankiewicz, who wrote the Superman movie from the late 70s, was hired to write the script. But it sounds like Chester Gould, who was the creator of Dick Tracy, wanted to have, like, a lot of control over it. So negotiations with United Artists, who were going to produce the film, kind of fell through, and it just didn't get made at that time.
2: Did they just wait
1: for him to die? Uh, basically. Because, <laughs> yeah, at this time, nice. Chester Gould would have been in his 70s. A uh, little bit of background <laughs> on him in the comic. He started writing the Dick Tracy comic strip in 1931, and continued writing it all the way until 1977, when I think other wow. writers and artists took over. <laughs> and I believe it's like it's still going. Um,
2: this is a comic strip, right? Not a comic book.
1: Yeah, in, in its original. Incarnation. I think they eventually made comic books of it, but like, yeah, the original one that was written by Chester Gould was a a strip, like a twelve-panel strip. Twelve panels, like the fucking Prince Valium. Yeah. (laughs) Did you say Prince Valium? That's what
0: he's called in Spaceballs. (laughs) Yes. That's how I feel when I read it. Yeah, that's true. Boring. So
1: boring. Who gives a shit? I
0: think there is a Prince Valiant movie, though, right? The, I mean, that's and great. I think, yeah. I'm sure it's the most boring fucking thing ever. It's probably pretty old, too. Prince Valiant film. Da, 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 da. I, think
1: 1954. I think we've talked about this movie before. <laughs>
0: wow, James Mason and Robert Wagner. Yeah. It's in CinemaScope, you guys. Future pick. Oh, well, yeah, because there's a 90s one, too. Hmm. Um, with uh, the guy from True Blood.
1: <laughs> um. So Chester Gould based his comic strip uh, on Elliot Ness, who was the U.S. federal agent who took Uh, down Al Capone.
2: He's fucking untouchable. Hell yeah!
1: Played by Kevin Costner in The Untouchables. So uh, yeah, it's this comic strip that feels like it's set in like 1930s Chicago, basically, but it's you know in this (laughs) over-the-top cartoony world. Uh, is it
0: a fictional city? Do they ever say? I'm not sure. In Dick Tracy, I don't think they ever said they, they if don't like. The We're movie. living in Big Cityopolis yeah. or something.
1: <laughs> hmm. And it's it's a property that's been adapted into tons of different mediums. There's like radio plays and uh, full length comic books, as I mentioned earlier. There was uh, in the 30s. There was this. There's this. Bunch of different like film serials that that were very popular, uh, and then there were TV shows, and I think I think there was a few movies actually that RKO produced in the 40s. Uh, I think the most famous one being Dick Tracy meets Gruesome, and Gruesome is like this freak played by Boris Karloff.
2: Ooh.
1: Yeah. Uh, 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 There was even a uh, segment on Archie's TV funnies in the 60s where (laughs) Dick Tracy made an appearance (laughs) to bring it back to Archie. Weird. Yep. Uh, So anyways, the movie, if we're getting back to uh, the 1980s, (laughs) when this idea is still in development hell, um, our old friends (laughs) Steven Spielberg and John Landis were in talks to direct it because...
2: Oh. Because they're still friends at this point Yeah Because he hasn't committed a murder
1: Yep What year is this? I'm guessing Constance early was 1980 I'm guessing Okay early yeah they're 80s. still friends Yeah
2: Werewolf was 81 Yeah
1: When was the Twilight Zone?
2: It
0: 83
1: 83 Okay I'm just trying to keep track of this timeline
0: Yeah I was just curious where we were in the 80s <laughs> Yeah early 80s If I'd this was say. pre or post uh, Twilight Zone the movie for John Landis
1: Yeah Um I believe Clint Eastwood was
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: like, they're trying to get him to play Dick Tracy, which is, that's very spot on Dick Tracy. Gets I don't
0: or. know. I think he's too scary. I feel like Dick Tracy's got to be kind of a nerd. I guess. He's like, tough, but like, he's a detective and detectives like a nerdy job. I mean, except for Dirty Harry, but he like kills a lot of people. Yeah, Dirty Harry's <laughs> dirty. <laughs> I can't
2: imagine him with the with the phone watch. You know, he'd just be like, "Yeah, what are you
1: doing?" He <laughs> wouldn't know how to work would be breaking hey, it guys, all the time. Fucking, <laughs> I don't know how to. Yeah, it's fucking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he has one piece of technology that he has to work, and he can't even do that. It's
0: I also, I just can't imagine Clooneyston wearing a big banana-colored coat, big yellow <laughs> coat, maybe a poncho. Coat yeah, coat. I mean, I don't know.
1: he did do every which way but loose, which is a very silly and very stupid movie. Well, you That's
2: wouldn't. He well, wouldn't choose to dress like a banana around an ape
0: column. <laughs> That's suicide. Yeah, you're just fucking with death at that point.
1: Yeah. So yeah, after uh, the Twilight Zone tragedy happened, John Landis was not going to direct it, and at that point, Walter Hill was brought in to uh, direct it. Oh. Of uh, the Warriors' fame, yeah. also. Um, oh. Looks like our our friend from last week, Joel Silver, was going to produce. Also. Yeah. At this point, uh, Jim Cash and Jack Epps started developing a script. And Walter Hill actually wanted Warren Beatty to star in it, but they kind of disagreed over the tone of the film. Walter Hill wanted to make it more like. Gritty and realistic, and Beatty wanted it to be more of an homage to the to the comic strip from the '30s, which he was actually a fan of growing up. Because Warren Beatty's fucking old. Uh, <laughs> how old
2: is he at this point? Like, forget 1990. How old is he in '85 or
1: '85? He's is? probably like mid 40s. I guess he's not. That old at this point It's just weird that he's still alive That's a weird thing to say I don't (laughs) It's it's good that he's alive And screwing up Oscar ceremonies Um,
0: That's sad That's probably what he's best known for For like younger people right I
1: was like I fucked up the Oscars Probably I mean I didn't realize until doing this research That he only Acted in two movies (laughs) During the entire 1980s Oh, jeez, really? Yeah, it was just Reds, which he directed
0: uh, And it got like a million Oscar nominations Even though no one talks about it anymore
1: Yeah I'm kind of interested in seeing it It's just that it's I'm a little curious. like three hours and 20 minutes long
0: <laughs> uh, And I looked it up, Warren Beatty was 48 in
1: 1985 Okay uh, And then he also did Ishtar uh, Notorious <laughs> flop <laughs>
0: One that probably got like a movie that got like the most Oscar nominations and then a movie that got like the most Razzie
1: nominations. Yeah. <laughs> so uh weird weird decade for him. I think what was kind of the sticking point uh, for this incarnation of the movie where Beatty would have starred and Walter Hill would have directed was that Beatty wanted five million dollars to star plus fifteen percent of the box office. And the studio's like, nah. Even though, like, Jack Nicholson would do that shit a few years later with <laughs> Batman. But, c- can't say no to Jack, I guess. But then, I guess, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, became the head of Disney in the late 80s. And he was interested in doing a good Dick Tracy movie with, with Beatty attached. So he asked him if he would direct... Uh, with the condition that Beatty not go over the film's budget of $25 million because he had gone like so over schedule and over budget (laughs) with reds that they're like, no, we're not allowing you to do this. Uh, But Beatty still went over budget (laughs) anyways. Uh, The film ended up costing close to $50 million. So like, Twice the original budget, Um, but the condition was that any additional costs would come out of Beatty's paycheck. So, like, all that money just came from Warren Beatty's production company. Oh,
0: did he have a cut of the merch?
1: Um, I don't have that information. I don't have. (laughs) Was he
0: getting money off of those magnets and (sighs) sunglasses?
1: Do you think Warren Beatty really has, like, so. a bunch of that shit in his house? I, I really hope so. Or, or he has, like, a storage locker in Burbank somewhere. <laughs> Just a shitload of <laughs> Dick Tracy merch. Oh, love it. God, I want to see that storage wars. <laughs> oh, here's a bunch of Warren Beatty's <laughs> Dick Tracy shit. Yep! But yeah, in the middle of all these like talks about doing a, a Dick Tracy movie, Chester Gould died in 1985. Um, so this this kind of gives Warren Beatty free reign to do the, yeah, the Dick Tracy yeah, movie that he wants, even though uh, I don't know. It seems like he was trying to to be very close to the the spirit of the comic strips. Um, the most sort of interesting bit of trivia i feel like around the style of this movie is that Beatty decided that he wanted to use only seven colors <laughs> in in the whole movie as like the primary color palette of the film so that it would evoke the the look of the comic um and i think that's great i i what do you guys think about the look of this movie
0: um it's pretty fun to see Al Pacino in a red pinstripe suit, hop into a like a blindingly blue car. Yeah, I liked it. It was really weird. (laughs) It's very much like a cartoon or like an 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 old video game.
2: And the movie like really throws you into the deep end too, because the the first scene um, is this street urchin uh, sneaking into like a card game. Mm-hmm. And they have some of the most grotesque mobsters you see in the entire movie at this card game, including, I think, my favorite of them all, which is I, th- I want to say he's called Tiny Face or Small Face. Little Face, face. that's little my
1: face. favorite uh, too. That's my favorite as well. <laughs> <laughs> we all love Little Face.
0: What's great about Little Face? So when they zoom up on him, it makes it look like he has a giant head with a little teeny face. But then, like, you see the back of his head, and they're trying to create the illusion that that's just, like, an extreme close-up. That, like, he has a normal size head, just a really small face. But you don't get that <laughs> effect when they're showing his actual face. No, it looks he like looks... he's got a giant head. Yeah, he looks enormous. He is hideous. <laughs> it's... And it's like, he doesn't even, like, do anything. And then he's dead. And it's like, wow, all the time to put into this character for one shot. Like, I respect that. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. There's also a guy at that scene Like at that same poker table Who I believe his name is The Brow He has like a forehead That looks like a I don't, Like a reverse staircase Or something like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's got multiple levels to it Ugh Disgusting So yeah We're we're living in a cartoon world At this point <laughs> Everything's weird Um, I think my favorite part of the movie's look Is how much it uses matte paintings As (laughs) like the backdrop to the city Like it uses them a lot And I don't know I just appreciate that sort of like (laughs) Old-fashioned movie-making style (laughs) That this movie employs Because it feels like it was the last (laughs) period In which you could have made a movie like this with you know no computer generated effects it's all practical special effects and they're just like using that kind of artistry to create just this fantastical sort of 1930s world
2: i'm now looking at all these characters from the card game on dick tracy wikia and they're all from the comics yeah. But none of them... It's funny that none of them look as grotesque in the comic as they do in the movie.
0: <laughs> it's just... Is, you know, I was thinking, is there a single character in this movie that is, like, deformed but is good? It seems like if you look hideous, it's like, well, yeah, you're going to be a criminal. That's pretty much all you can do, because look at how disgusting you look. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the wrong message. But it's also a lot of fun. Yeah. Was Al Pacino, does he have like a hunchback kind of too? I feel like there's a couple of scenes where he looks like he's got like a hunch. I don't know. Yeah, just...
2: yeah he's got a weird body in this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I believe Big Boy Caprice in the comic though is just like a big fat guy. Okay,
2: That's the effect they were
1: trying to do? He's big? I don't think that's the effect they are trying to do. I think they just had a different interpretation
0: Alright, the plot
1: What's the oh boy, plot? boy, love that plot So <laughs> There's that Shootout at the beginning So you know that like Big boy Caprice is Starting to, starting to start shit <laughs> In the town He wants to run this game He wants his crime syndicate to be the biggest Biggest operation in all of uh, Citiesburg Or wh- whatever it's called I can't remember how we're introduced to Dick Tracy.
0: He's at the opera. He's
1: at the opera.
2: He's got his cool watch that's also a phone. Yeah. He's like,
0: hold on a minute. I gotta go take care of some shit. <laughs> he makes it back for the rest of the opera. Uh, mm-hmm. I love
2: that he's like, I want to know. Like, I'll be back. I want to know what happens at the end. <laughs> like, he's really invested in this opera. There you he's there with his girlfriend, Tess Trueheart. Yeah. You can tell she's a good person because her, her name is Tess Trueheart.
0: I mean, you can tell. and It's easy to tell. Well, for most of the characters, you can tell who's good because they're not mutants. There's a couple people who surprise you. Yeah. Like, if Dick Tracy was with a mutant, I would be very skeptical. <laughs> like, if he was with Quato from Total Recall, I'd be like, I don't know if I can trust this character.
2: Is Quato a villain or a hero?
0: Quato's definitely a hero.
2: I think so too. Yeah,
0: you know, con you, you don't have to go beat through beat through this. Like, it's a standard like detective story. Yeah, I don't
1: know if there's there's that much <laughs> even. It's all about what like
0: story. big boy Caprice is trying to like take over all the small businesses, and he's also trying to um, align all the other mutants
1: <laughs> with each other.
0: Yeah. Um, except uh, James Khan from The Godfather. Godfather reunion uh, yeah. isn't about it. And they're like, fuck, you, you killed. Oh, and there's also um, Paul Sorvino as a lips who has got disgusting lips, and he's got like a club. Um, and Breathless Mahoney is like his girlfriend and singer at the club, and that's Madonna. And so he – why does he get killed? He's not – he doesn't want to be a part of this? Or what is, what is Big Boy Caprice's beef with lips? Does anyone recall? <laughs>
1: I think he I think just wants to take over the club. His he wants like, the nah. club. So he's
0: like, I'm this is the way I know how to take it. I'm gonna put you in like a I can't remember what they call it. The, some some equivalent of cement shoes. It's like a cement shower or something. It's just pour cement in him. It's crazy. Yeah. Paul Serena is just like wiped out right at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. In pure gangster fashion.
1: Same uh, years good fellas.
0: Yeah, man. Two of the best gangster movies of all time. <laughs>
1: Yeah so that's Going on Uh, Dick Tracy meets this kid Who's named The Kid Yeah I think the kid like steals something And Dick Tracy follows him Back to like this shack that the kid lives in And the kid's dad starts like smacking him around And then Dick Tracy goes To that shack and Starts beating the shit out of his dad, and he's like, "I'm your dad now." I guess.
2: Uh, I don't think it was his dad. Was it not his dad? Was it like his just thing? some just some freak? I think it was a fo- like a foster situation. Yeah. Foster monster. If, if he was if he was his dad, he probably would have
1: given him a name. <laughs> I guess.
0: Unrelated, backtracking a bit. Guys, there's not a lot of good Quato uh, merch from Total Recall. I'm pretty disappointed. I was hoping to find a Quato grooming kit, uh, mm-hmm. but nothing, man. Untapped. Is there much
1: Total Recall merch? <laughs> I wouldn't think so, because it's...
0: There's a there's a video game.
1: Okay. It just seems well, you know, hard like, to market. They used to do
0: that. Like, they used to do, like... Toys and merch for like rated R movies. Aliens had tons of toys, isn't that rated R? It's got to be close. Yeah. So that was definitely like a thing. Or Terminator Two has hella toys, and that's rated R.
2: Yeah. I just like the idea of the Quato (laughs) grooming kit. (laughs) His (laughs) hair looks so good.
0: It's got some aftershave. Some sunglasses too. Why
2: not? He's got like a like a vial of grease you can put over your oh face because he's all he's all oily.
0: Ugh. body oil. Gross, man. Why was the late '80s, early '90s so gross? Total recall. This we were talking about before we started doing this. The Rocketeer had a mutant in it. Batman Returns. The Penguin is like the most disgusting thing ever. <laughs> this is like a thing. It's like the last great era of practical makeup. It seems like yeah.
2: Like the nine, early we 90s. we're like coming full circle because we were talking about this on uh, the American Werewolf podcast, where there was an explosion of gross effects makeup in the <laughs> early eighties, <80s. laughs> and so they fucking mastered that shit over that over that decade. Then computers came in and kind of sucked the uh, sucked the air out of the room. Yeah,
0: it kind of seems like Jurassic Park, even though that has great prosthetics, is a movie that like killed practical effects. Yeah, it's Um, so funny
2: because there's so many practical effects at Jurassic Park,
0: but people focus in on like, oh, look at the computer stuff. We're gonna do that. Is it?
2: Is it like three minutes total of computer effects in Jurassic Park? It's it's like hilariously. It's a small small
0: amount for sure. Well, like, it makes you think about, like, if they made Dick Tracy today, would it be more like Sin City or The Spirit? (laughs) Like, it's so nice to watch something like this that has that extra touch of, like, this was made by, like, craftsmen. People worked on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it wasn't all green screens, like, if they made it today. Um,
2: But you got to admit, like, Sin City looks cool. (laughs) Dick Tracy does not look cool.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's it. Well, is the source material that cool? I have Sin no City idea. is like like Sin City. I feel like look is very appropriate to what those comics were like. Like yeah. they were that color. They were super violent and gritty. Whereas I feel like Dick Tracy, it's in the '30s. It's a little more goofy. It's a little more cartoony. So it seems like, though I have no experience reading those old comics, it seems pretty faithful to what it was. Like earlier, we we're talking about have they made a grittier Dick Tracy? And maybe that would have been interesting, but I kind of like this cartoony approach. This very Tim Burton-y Batman approach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My only thing is, and I know we're just kind of, like, going at it slow, is I'm not, I don't think I'm a big fan of, like, detective stories or noir stuff. Mm. I mean, this feels like very standard uh, detective goes-after-crime guys, uh, one part is framed... Um, I'm trying to think of some elements in here that are unique. Uh, I guess the love triangle thing is a little weird. It's weird that Dick Tracy already has a girlfriend and then is tempted by Madonna.
2: And also sort of related to that, uh, if we're calling this a noir, the, the the actual mystery is not introduced until deep into the film. Like Probably past the halfway point is the first time we see the... Uh, the faceless man, or
0: whatever he's called. The blank. Mr. E.
1: Who <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Why does he talk like this?
0: It's, it's just funny that, so, like, in high school, and then in a couple other projects, we had a character who you'd never see his face and wore a hat and would make mysterious <laughs> phone calls and such, named Mr. E, and it's like, wow, this is, like, the same character. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't think about that, but
0: it's it's Mr. Ian e, yeah, Colin. Basically is from Heavy Vengeance. <sighs>
1: if only we had seen Dick Tracy as kids. <laughs> yeah, I bet if
0: we'd seen that, Sean would've done an even weirder voice. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the voice is
2: so bad. I hate every single word that I was
0: is they that they who say. who does that voice? Is that anyone? Is that one of your regular uh Voice professionals Like or is that Just I yeah. wonder Cause you, you
2: they, they probably wouldn't Let Madonna do that Right Cause that would Destroy her <laughs> Her money maker The voice
1: yeah, possibly
0: I do like that element Of the story though I definitely wasn't Expecting it to be Madonna Though I'm not really good at it. Piece kind
1: of I again. didn't either I thought that was a nice twist uh, Even though I, I guess I would agree That it was a pretty like Straightforward <laughs> detective story
2: come, come on What other character could it have
1: been The thing I is I, just,
0: I wasn't thinking about
1: it yeah, uh, For me it was just like There are so many freaks with weird fucking faces uh- In this movie I just assumed <laughs> It was a guy whose face was so fucked up That he didn't even have a face <laughs>
2: He so, so just didn't even recognize this as a mystery. It was no. just another. He's just
1: like, this is just another guy in this crazy universe. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes off the mask, and it's Madonna. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that it wouldn't be a real blank face. Uh, so I don't know. I guess that just, it just threw me. I imagine
2: that's a pretty big twist. For um, for this adaptation, um, killing off several major characters, um, do you uh, have any sense of how close they were to like accurately portraying these characters and the types of stories that were taking place in the comics? Um,
1: Not really. I I didn't get too uh, I don't know caught up in in. <laughs> What the actual Dick Tracy comic was like, uh, but I think just the fact that they use like all the all the characters from the from the comic is is cool. I mean, it seems like the the movie adaptations that were made in the 30s and 40s basically used none of the characters from the comics. They just used Dick Tracy and made him a typical detective uh, noir guy
0: and they got some pretty good character actors for some of these guys like got william forsyth as flat top edo ross if you guys remember from universal soldier uh he played the 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 goon itchy who had the glasses (laughs) edo ross of course was the the head of the uh unisol program in universal soldier (laughs) and then they got like some old western actors to play um Play well, like some of the other more grotesque, like Prune Face characters and stuff like
1: that. Prune Face is the grossest one of all.
0: He is the thing of nightmares. I am so glad I did not see this movie as a kid. This is what i scared the hell out of me. Because
1: Prune Face, I guess it's just that he's really old. I think that's maybe what they're he going. Maybe he's just dehydrated, from. or yeah, like maybe <laughs> his skin is just so dry.
0: Just give him some water.
1: Yeah, that's. It's pretty scary.
0: I thought it was interesting that one of the less weird-looking characters, um, Mandy Patinkin's character, uh, 88 Keys, the piano player, who you think might be kind of a good guy early on because he's kind of friends with um, Breathless Mahoney, but then he double-crosses somebody. It's like, oh, I should have known because it's Mandy Patinkin wearing a a stupid bald cap. I should have known that that makeup means he's
1: evil. (laughs) It's all there.
0: But well, then again, there is one character in here who doesn't have makeup and turns out to be kind of bad. Wasn't the the DA like crooked? Dick Van Dyke's character. I feel like there's. Oh yeah. It, yeah he's yeah. like crooked, but then also like Dick Tracy gets like framed or something from some. I can't remember, but yeah, there's, there's some crime around the death of the DA. I
2: think uh, I think he's like on the payroll of uh, of Al Pacino.
0: Crooked so DA, it's... another another thing that we had in our our film Heavy Vengeance that we made. <laughs> it's just so easy. <laughs> yeah. We're hitting at all the all the tropes here. Well, all we needed was an Irish cop because this has Charles Durning in it as a cop, mm-hmm. and he's kind of doing a bit of an Irish accent. Yeah, yeah, so that was pretty good. Uh, oh, dude, we haven't even talked about probably one of the weirdest casting choices in this movie: Dustin Hoffman. <laughs>
1: What the fuck is going on there? It's so weird how there's all these, like, new Hollywood stars from the 70s <laughs> doing this cartoon kids' movie.
0: Dustin Hoffman, you know, only a few years off of a, an Oscar win. Is, and, is,
2: and he's doing the same performance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <What> but <that? laughs> He's playing a. Uh, it's criminal.
2: like a, it's like Jeff Bridges coasting off of True Grit. Yeah, like, I guess this works. I doing <laughs> this. I'm to do in every movie.
0: How's it going? But yeah, Dustin Hoffman as a character named Mumbles, who just mumbles all of his lines, basically basically speaking gibberish. I would love to know if Dustin Hoffman actually was saying stuff because I know he's a method actor, so I wonder if he actually <laughs> put a lot of thought into how he was going to do this. Hmm or if like maybe he spent weeks just mumbling everything to everybody. I don't know. Isn't there a part later too where Dick Tracy like slows down something mumbles is said as like a confession? <laughs> that was really good.
2: Yeah. Got him.
0: So that's super fucking weird, dude. Dustin Hoffman said this. Yeah, mumbles.
2: You know, it's been like a week since I watched the movie and I can't I can't remember at all what his contribution to the plot was. Like, I remember he has a couple scenes, they're interrogating him at some point he reveals some information there's the big, like, joke reveal that he speaks normally when he's been defeated by Dick Tracy but I can't I have no idea what, what his relation to the plot was
0: I feel like he's the member of uh Big boys gang that's just always getting caught and like brought in for interrogations. So I, I, my vibe with him is like he's like just incompetent and does sloppy work. So they're always scooping him up off the street and talking to him, despite the fact that he's the one that you can't understand. Yeah,
2: Maybe that's, that's why, why they let him get caught because no one understands him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Good luck with that. But yeah, like I was definitely like kind of zoning out through some of the detective stuff because like it is it does hit on like a lot of very basic tropes
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, so i was more mainly just focused in on the, the looks and some of the performances are pretty fun like al pacino was any oscar nominated for this movie what yeah. fuck the oscars fuck
2: the, are you serious <laughs> fuck you fuck the Wait. oscars and fuck you for that
0: did you look at all the award nominations for this movie Colin? uh
1: i did at some point Let's see if I can
0: It's pretty impressive that this was a movie That was so uh, Recognized by the Academy yeah.
2: <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about This movie deserves zero awards <laughs> Why do you You're... think it deserves
0: zero awards
2: Cause it's goofy you tell me Nothing good came out in 1990
0: Don't you think it's uniquely goofy though Isn't it impressively goofy? I feel
1: like you got to hand it to at least the art direction and the set design and the costumes. Like, everything artificial about this movie is (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) All
0: right, so here's all the nominations. It got a nomination for Best Sound. It got a nomination for Best Costume Design. It got a nomination for Best Cinematography. It got a nomination for uh, Actor in a Supporting Role for Al Pacino. For... It won best song for Steven Sondheim. I'm not sure that must have been the first song that Breathless Mahoney sang. Mm-hmm. It won for best makeup. Hell yeah, it won for best makeup. <laughs> nice, <laughs> definitely should have won for best makeup. And it won for best art direction. This movie has three Oscars. It has three Oscars. Gosh. And I was looking up a lot of the people that worked on this. Some like pretty heavy hitters like within the industry, like vittorio storaro was the cinematographer and i think he was like bertolucci's go-to guy and i think he's like the cinematographer from like apocalypse now (laughs) and he'd worked with warren Beatty like a couple times so it was like his guy too uh and yeah there's a, a couple other names i can't remember off the top of my head that were like oh wow this guy is like legit oh yeah like the production designer was also the um albert uh silbert was also the production designer on uh On Chinatown, like a lot of these guys, like already had Oscars going into this. This is like stacked. Like he put together a squad.
1: Okay, I think we mentioned the Danny Elfman did the score also. Oh,
0: of course, that's super weird. Warren Beatty must have seen Batman, right? Like I know this only came out a year after, but he must have seen it and be like, "Hey, there we go. That's how you make money. (laughs) Let's do that." He had to have this movie. Very much feels like a Tim Burton
2: movie yeah okay i just, just 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 to take us back for one okay. second the dark knight only won two academy awards <laughs> joker which had 11 nominations only won two academy awards neither of these movies won more academy awards than fucking dick tracy did in fact it says here that it's tied with black panther We had three wins for the most Oscars (laughs) Any comic book movie has ever gotten Wow Is this the best comic book movie ever
0: made? Maybe Is this the best comic (laughs) movie? Well I guess according to the Academy I mean
1: it might be the best movie At making a comic book Into a movie (laughs) That feels like a comic book I don't know if that makes it the best wow. adaptation. You Probably still haven't not. seen
2: Ang Lee's Hulk.
1: I haven't seen Angley's Hulk. Is it because <laughs> it has actual panels in it? Is that what makes it yeah. more of a comic book adaptation? Uh.
0: Best part was Josh Lucas gets blown up out of the panel. <laughs> <laughs> he blows himself That's, up. That movie's so fucking, fucking weird because it's like... Okay, it's like a comic book, but it's also like super contemplative and serious and philosophical. Uh-huh. It's like they're two totally disparate, like, ways to do- approach Hulk. It's like making the weird comic version and then making the weird, like, existential version of the movie. But they're the same movie. <laughs> With Nick Nolte as the elements,
1: as the villain. <sighs> Fucking weird, man.
0: How many nominations does Hulk get? Excellent question.
1: I'm gonna look it up. What would it have been nominated for? (laughs) Biggest Hulk in a movie. I I
2: it it would probably be nominated for effects. Like the motion capture stuff was groundbreaking at the time, I believe. No
0: nominations.
2: No nominations. Sick burn on Ang Lee, who is only in it for the awards at this
1: point. I mean they're just trying to give special effects awards to lord of the rings movies around this time
2: oh that's right this is this
0: is return of the king year. uh so back to dick tracy so yeah a big award winner uh did pretty well at the box office too right wasn't it a pretty decent hit
1: it did but i don't know i was reading some uh quote from Jeffrey Katzenberg where he's just like, we put all of this effort (laughs) into making Dick Tracy this huge cultural phenomenon and ultimately it might not have been worth it. Uh, Because it did make... Like so, 162 million of the box office. Yeah, I think it was pretty, the ninth highest-grossing movie of the year. I think they just wanted it to be the number one highest-grossing movie of the year. Like that was their expectation. That's Ooh, what they're okay, shooting don't, don't for. T-
0: tell me. Don't tell me. 1990.
1: I mean, I don't Ooh. know. I guess I'll, I'll, gotta be I'll like Ghost, right?
0: Ghost was like a surprisingly huge hit. Uh,
1: just give me a second.
0: My, that's my, my guess
2: I'm, lo- I'm yeah, running guess. down what Disney put out Specifically in 1990 And I see um, Pretty Woman Was that year for them Ernest Goes to Jail it's Gotta be right up there <laughs> How many Oscars uh, does that get? <laughs> Arachnophobia was 1990 uh, DuckTales The Treasure of the Lost Lamp 1990
0: oh, I used to love renting that movie uh,
2: <laughs> Mr. Destiny shit. 1990 rescuers oh, rescuers Rescue down under man these are some classic vhs movies for me <laughs> definitely um three men and a little lady i rounded out the year
1: for them in november <laughs> i mean yeah you 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 threw out some of the ones in the top 10 i think Man, not really actually but uh <laughs> john yeah you were right uh, about the number one it was Ghost. Do you think you can, it was a
0: monster hit? Do
1: you think you can guess number two?
0: I think uh, Sean actually mentioned it already. Oh, he mentioned it. Was yeah. it Pretty Woman?
1: Yeah, it was Pretty Woman. Oh, okay. Then you got like Home Alone. Really? Yeah, Pretty Woman. Uh, Home Alone. Number three, number four. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Yeah, with the faces. With the
0: faces. (laughs) Guys, you know what's so weird looking back at the 90s? And I wonder when this changed. I'm looking at... uh, Now I'm looking at all these highest grossing movies of 1990. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Ghost, Pretty Woman, Dances with Wolves was a big hit. These were all, like, huge hits and all, like, Oscar contenders. At what point did big budget movies that, like, were huge hits and Oscar movies became, like, separate from each other? You know? It's like... Movies these days, if they're a huge hit, are rarely also Oscar contenders.
2: Uh, it's when they find out how to make money on movies for real.
0: <laughs> Did superhero movies blow
2: that open? Yeah, I mean, you look you look back at these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's a fucking weird goddamn movie. This movie is is insane. All we talked about was how it's full of mutants. It stars Al Pacino. <laughs> You, they don't make movies like this anymore. Yeah.
0: So, so then why is Dick Tracy, which was but <laughs> uh, Oscar success, a box office success? Why is no one talk about it now? Why? Why?
1: It's for old people. <laughs> yeah, I think that probably has something to do with it. It has an aesthetic that's so. Tied to a past that no one Like has any nostalgia For anymore
0: I guess that character hasn't had the kind Of longevity that some of these other Some other characters in cult Movies have I don't know like like What is interesting about Dick Tracy Himself
1: Nothing Anything? really I think it's just <laughs> that it kind of boils Down the detective archetype Into a, a very like e- Easy to identify like version of that type of character like it's a more simplified version of a a Sam Spade or Philip Marlowe or those Humphrey Bogart characters
2: yeah which are all characters that no child would ever want to see stories starring <laughs> yeah I, I, like I, I, I'm serious I think the, it like the problem here is that I don't think kids are interested in this like I don't think the 30s aesthetic is appealing to kids because it's like Ooh, like classy, and you're like bootlegging, and you're wearing suits. That's stuff that adults like, but not kids. And like lounge singers, come on, (laughs) kids don't give a fuck. (laughs) And and detecting, right? You're like, like how many Batman movies are actually about him being a detective, even though his nickname is the the world's greatest detective? Like none of them, right? He's just about kicking ass. It's just all the things that kids aren't interested in. Like they could be. But they're probably not going to be interested
0: Do you guys feel like if you watched this movie as a kid You'd have a different reaction to it
1: I think I would have thought it was boring Yeah I probably would have too Yeah but You know now I I like a lot of Those detective movies from the 40s And film noir and all that stuff And so like this kind of filmmaking Is very uh, Appealing to me as an adult With uh, Boring Weird <laughs> tastes that most people my age don't have. Uh, no,
2: I, I, when you're a kid, you just want to be stimulated. It's like you're you're not looking, for, you're not paying attention to themes. Yeah. When I saw the Power Rangers movie in theater, I came home and watched the tapes I had that had the power, the trailer for the Power Rangers movie on it.
0: <laughs> Page Master like, Baby, Page yeah. Master tape has it as a trailer. I remember that so vividly. I would watch. The ads on the PageMaster tape, just to see the make behind the scenes of Power Rangers and the ad for the PageMaster video game. Yep, <laughs> that's what I like. Seems like they gave like they gave it a go to make this movie for kids though, because he has. We didn't talk too much about him. But he has a sidekick, the kid. It's the sa- It was the same kid from Hook. Um, and I like that character. I like how he always wants to eat. He's always just like food. Or like when? When are we going to eat? I don't know. He's he's funny. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if any kid would be like, "Oh man, I love Dick Tracy so much." Like, is that an interesting character? or Does Warren Beatty bring anything to this role? Like, was he the right choice for Dick Tracy? How do you guys feel about Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy? I don't have a problem with
1: it. I think he's good.
0: But- he does kind of bring that like I'm I'm a good guy. I'm handsome, but I'm also kind of a nerd.
1: Yeah, I, I like the the, the like. The, I almost weirdly like that he's not grizzled. That he is just like a trying to be a good cop and like.
0: Yeah, like how we're talking about how Clint Eastwood would have been weird in this movie. Yeah,
1: and that there, which comes in handy because he does
2: go outside of the law a couple times to intimidate and beat up people. And if 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 it didn't feel like that was him doing that desperately if you thought if it felt like that was his typical mo it would have made him a less yeah. likable character
0: yeah i guess he is a good choice then
1: yeah I, I think i read some critics that he was too old for the part but like it yeah i think it's okay <laughs> i mean a free bogart was like in his late 40s when he became a star so it seems kind of appropriate i don't know i th- yeah, I mean, it is kind of
2: weird that a guy who is clearly in his fifties is like just thinking about settling down for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh,
0: he was fifty three when this movie came out. He's
1: <laughs> just been married. Then to again, like how old is
0: Robert Downey Jr. when he started playing Iron Man? You know, that's. But then again, he wasn't like well, he did have kids later in those movies.
2: I I am really grateful that um, you know all these comic book characters are probably at most in their like mid twenties in the comic. <laughs> and uh and when when the movie started coming out and it lined up with me entering adulthood, they just raised that bar to like mid thirties at the youngest, all the way up to like fifty years old for superheroes. It really gave me a lot of breathing room to uh to develop into adult into an adult without the unfair expectation of trying to be a superhero by the time I'm twenty five, you know. You know what I'm saying?
0: I, they, I know exactly what you do. Yeah. yeah, it's kinda nice. It is kinda comforting that a lot of the actors playing uh, the big superheroes these days are older than I am right now.
2: Yeah. Okay, like, like, like Paul Rudd's like in his in his forty he's probably fifty by now too. He looks great. Yeah. Nobody nobody bats an eye when he's playing a superhero.
0: <laughs> but how would you guys feel about Warren Beatty returning to the role? <laughs> Bad <laughs> I feel like I read that somewhere That he was like, I might make another one And this was like three, four years ago This like was recent
1: Yeah, in uh, 2016 When he was at CinemaCon He brought up The possibility of I guess producing a sequel I don't know if he would have started it But that, that was kind of a long Running thing uh, During the 90s And 2000s was... Uh, Beatty going back and forth with uh, the Tribune Media Company who actually owned Dick Tracy because uh, that, that's what the comic property was owned by. And it, it just never happened. He was just like constantly going through these legal battles with Tribune and they just wouldn't let him make the movie, I guess. I think Disney probably also didn't have a ton of interest in making a sequel because it didn't make as much money as they wanted it to
2: yeah i'll oh, see there's another thing that's totally different now because I, because in the era of making money and making movies that are easily understood even if you don't speak the language um you could you you take a movie like dick tracy that was on the the cusp of being super profitable and you immediately green light that sequel because mm-hmm. I mean, people see too in, it, it, Dick Tracy 2 if, if it comes out in China that's a billion dollar movie Right there no problem
1: nowadays Yeah I think That's true mm-hmm. I, I think back then a movie had To be like an uber hit for it To get a sequel It's strange that there are even like huge Hits from that era that didn't even Get sequels I'm just, I'm just thinking off the top Of my head of Independence Day Didn't get a sequel to like Twenty years later, even though it's probably the biggest movie of that year. Yeah, because it was a time when
2: you could like bank on artists instead of
1: property. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's part of the the very old, old school Hollywood type of thinking, where it was like the stars are the franchise, not. Not the movies themselves.
0: Do you guys think if they'd done a Dick Tracy 2, he would have fought Gruesome? (laughs) I would hope so. Gene Hackman? Gene (laughs) Hackman It's Gruesome. gruesome. (laughs) Uh,
1: Hell yeah.
2: I like the idea of bringing in actors from Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think there was an actor who was... In this who is like in his gang He's like a little Little like chubby guy With a weird nose I don't know what that actor's name is But I believe he's in Bonnie and Clyde And he's in Dick Tracy
0: a long time friend of Warren Beatty Yeah. I mean I was saying like a lot of these uh, The crew were people he'd worked with before So like These are his bros <laughs> I'm sure he would have worked with a lot of these people more often if he'd made more movies. He kind of. I guess he, Warren Beatty would. He made like four or something movies in the 90s, so. More prolific in the 90s than he was in the 80s. Yeah. He's kind of a weird figure for me. It seems like he was really huge in the 70s, and then had like a pretty big hit with Reds, and then just kind of kicked back. I don't know. It seems like he should have had a more of a Robert Redford career where I feel like Robert Redford kept being like remained way more relevant. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've seen like no Warren Beatty movies. I <laughs> mean, I dude, there more.
1: just aren't that many, to be honest, which is strange. I mean
0: I should check out some more of those seventies thrillers.
1: Yeah, I've always wanted to see the Parallax view. The Space Needle is featured yeah, prominently man. in it. I think oh, some yeah. of it was filmed in Washington.
0: I check that shit out.
1: We did watch Heaven Can think... Wait as an actual oh, real life yeah. pick.
0: <laughs> yeah, back when we were doing this for real. Yeah. And I was okay. Yeah. It was fine. It's so weird looking at uh, Warren Beatty's like career recently. You guys remember how like he did like a movie like four years ago where he played Hard Hughes?
1: Yeah. Barely.
0: (laughs) Way too old to be Howard Hughes, I'm pretty sure. Probably. How did Howard Hughes even live? Howard Hughes only lived to be 70. So Warren Beatty would have been, what, like 79 when he made this? Mm. The rules don't apply.
2: Hey guys, this is a dumb question. Is Ned Beatty related to Warren Beatty? (laughs) I don't think so. I
1: don't think so either, but I've never had it. That question answered definitively.
0: I mean, sometimes you, that you find out stuff like that, and it fucking blows your mind. Like when I find out that Chris Sarandon and Susan Sarandon—like that's why they were both Sarandons—is that they were married. Mm. Or the mystery now, of the white stripes. Yeah, that's also pretty interesting. I'm on I'm on Ned Beatty's Wikipedia right now. I'm just double checking so we don't look like idiots. But I don't think so.
2: Ooh. Okay, well, while you're there, uh, Colin and I could play the game. Who's older, Ned or Warren Beatty? It's, I I'm going I think it's got to be Ned.
1: I think it is too, but I also worry that he's just one of those guys that looks way older than he is. He's is he still alive?
2: Well, oh, that's a he. he was in uh, Toy Story three, right? That was sure, yeah, that but that was, was, was ten oh, years that was a ago, decade ago.
1: <laughs> Uh, I, I I feel like Ned Beatty's got to be older. You guys ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
0: they are born in the same year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Beatty is, or Warren Beatty is four months older. Wow. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm looking at Ned Beatty's Wikipedia, and it, it states that. He's been nominated for Academy Award, two Emmy Awards, and an MTV Movie Award for Best Villain. What, what movie would that be? Is that Toy Dead? Story Three? Oh, it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, hey, it's probably know? not.
2: Uh, uh, what's his name from Superman? Uh, He's a henchman. Yeah, so it's weird I that I they're like we're it's...
1: gonna pass on Lex Luthor. <laughs> Also, MTV also, is not going to be a thing <laughs> for three more in years. <laughs> <laughs> was he a bad guy
0: in Thunderpants? That's the question. Yes, it was for Toy Story 3. Makes sense. If you guys remember, he was also the villain, or I don't think he was the main villain, but he was he was in Rango, too.
2: I don't remember anything guy. about Rango.
0: The movie that everyone forgot, but won an Oscar.
2: Are you guys on board for Johnny Depp Redemption?
0: Um. Well, that whole case. Now, we're going on some pages now. <laughs> that whole case seems like I. Feel, I feel like no one really knows all the facts right now. So I'm gonna wait. Um, if it turns out that like he didn't really do anything, then yeah, I guess. Even though he hasn't done like a good movie or good performance since the first Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: So what is um, what is. Johnny Depp Redemption. I, I haven't haven't heard of this. Well, so, okay, yeah.
2: First of all, I'll I gotta publicly apologize because I've been saying Johnny Depp is depressed and he wanted to die young and he didn't and he doesn't know what to do with himself and I feel bad about that now because it sounds like he has been in uh, a really toxic relationship with uh, with Amber Heard from Aquaman. A- and uh the the narrative that's starting to spread now is that uh despite early allegations that he beat her up and he was abusive uh it sounds like maybe actually the case was she was abusive to him and that uh part of it was t- uh, alleging abuse on his part even though he didn't actually do it mm. so as a, on top of being physically abusive there was a smear campaign as well
0: yeah and like i don't want to pick sides until i know everything but it was it always seemed weird to me because like johnny depp had no history of uh domestic uh, abuse or any kinds of altercations he's always supposed to be like a pretty nice guy and then this happened and then he became like public enemy number one (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) aside from being a public enemy enemy. (laughs) (laughs) uh but, yeah, like, I don't know. And, like, there's some weird shit coming out of this case. Like, how she was, like, cheat may have been cheating on him with Elon Musk at one point, too. Do you guys get that part of it? Yeah. and there's Like, made s- out in an elevator?
2: There's a story of her apparently uh, severing
0: one of his fingers. Uh, it's, yeah. All sorts it's, of it's- stuff going around. It's hard to sort, sift out the truth in all of this, so, uh. I'm ready for Johnny Depp redemption if that, um, you know, depending on what what we what we learn and all this, um, it will make me feel better about the movie Ed Wood, which is one of my all time favorite movies. So there you go. I'm hoping to not have to be so. Uh, uh, I don't know, like I, I like I, it's one of my favorite movies, but I feel like I can't tell people that because some people have that reaction to Johnny Depp. I mm-hmm. mean, um, like yeah. I bet he would have loved to be in Dick Tracy. Just (laughs) going to say that. He would have played every single mutant. Mm -hmm.
1: This was kind of a little bit before he became a movie star, though, unfortunately.
0: Definitely before he got into playing the super weirdos. Yeah. I don't know when that... You know, I guess it was Pirates, because even though Pirates, he's not like... He doesn't look... I mean, he looks pretty fantastic, but he doesn't look ugly. He's definitely starting to go more over the top than we'd ever seen Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of blossomed out of there. Yeah,
2: Charlie um, and the Chocolate Factory
0: is super weird. Yeah, man. And House <laughs> in Wonderland. This Dick yeah. Tracy really is just like a Tim Burton movie.
2: <laughs> the Lone Ranger is a Disney movie, and he is wearing a crow as his hair in that.
0: You know, that reminds me we touched on earlier. Uh, so this is. Dick Tracy is Disney, right? Because it's Touchstone.
1: Yeah, but Touchstone. I think because the movie had like you know some violence if cartoon violence i mean there is a lot of tommy gunfire in the movie uh, i think because of this sort of more adult angle they released it under touchstone instead of calling it a, a quote-unquote disney movie
0: so my question like actually a couple questions yeah why isn't this on uh, disney Plus? <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> And my second question, why is Dick Tracy not been in Kingdom Hearts? (laughs) (laughs) Like you go into it and Sora or whatever his name is has like a big Dick Tracy jacket and then like Goofy and Donald are like just mutants. That'd be so good. I want
1: Dick Tracy world. I, I think they were planning on making a Dick Tracy ride in uh, in Disneyland after the movie came oh, out. Oh hell yeah. I think there were some Dick Tracy stage shows at Disneyland, but they never like got as far as making a ride again because this movie didn't quite set the world on fire as much as Disney wanted it to. It just came just this close.
0: They should have at least done the Dick Tracy grooming experience. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like what a it's like shop. to be grooved like, <laughs> like a barber shop. It's just a regular barber shop.
1: Yeah,
2: John, 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 John. I found the Dick Tracy page on Disney Wiki, <gasps> and it has a sidebar. I think very similar to your villains wiki sidebar. Nice, nice,
0: nice, 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 nice.
2: Uh, so his personality is tough, heroic, smart, brave. Yeah. No explanations. Uh, his <laughs> nicknames include Tracy, dumb dick, silly, stupid cop, sucker, copper. Uh, <laughs> these are I like, things I like, dumb,
1: like, dumb like dumb all dick. the thugs call right? <laughs> <laughs> well, These really count his nicknames, but <laughs>
0: his
2: his alignment is good. His goal to arrest Big Boy and his gang. His home, Chicago, Illinois. So they they are on this wiki. They're committed they're to that it. being Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, relatives, allies. Uh, these are all kind of boring. Oh, his likes. He has two likes: food and tests. <laughs> St- straightforward. We're an opera. Dis- <laughs> Yeah, come on, come on. Whoever wrote this, uh, his dislikes are big boys, serious crimes. Uh, the rubbery taste of Mike's chili, The Kid in Trouble, and The
0: Kid's Orphanage Resistance. <laughs> I like, what's, what's that first one? Big Boy's Major Crimes? It's serious Crimes, yeah. So is he okay with his, like, not as serious crimes? <laughs> like, jaywalking?
1: It's just too hard to <laughs> to prosecute him for them, so he just... Let's Could he just said
0: big boy's crimes His serious crime. He's just committing so many crimes That some of them dictates He's just like Eh this one's okay
2: I don't have time for that one
0: <laughs> This is just arson Whatever
2: His powers and abilities Are his strength And his speed So not his wits Just his His brute strength and speed I guess when it comes to The final battle his, that is Wait wait day. his
0: speed What speed
2: <laughs> Cause he, he he chases the kid yeah. okay Uh, the last one that's interesting to me is his paraphernalia, because again, the first one listed is his fists where it's like, that's his body, it's not his paraphernalia, and the second one is his Tommy gun they left off his watch that can make phone calls, which again is the only thing I knew about Dick (laughs) Tracy going into this movie, is that he has a watch that can make phone calls I
0: didn't even know that, I knew he had a banana coat
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they don't even talk about his
0: coat so should we should we sum up how we feel about this movie and then I can do uh, John's Rooks gallery and and goofs and all that all that fun stuff. Sure. Okay. So I'll go first. Uh, Dick Tracy. I thought it was fine. Like yeah, I think I think the thing that holds it back and the reason people don't talk about it is just the story is just kind of bland. Um, I can't really remember a whole lot of super memorable scenes. I kind of like at the end. Where they're at, like I don't even know where that place is with the big gears. That was kind of a fun (laughs) finale. Yeah, Um, and I like all the makeup and I like the design. So yeah, it was. It was. I'm glad we watched it. Like it was intriguing. Um, Definitely a curiosity, but I can see why time forgot it. (laughs) It's just not that great of a script.
1: Uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than you guys. I think just because I really love the aesthetic (laughs) of this movie, I just feel like it holds up very well, uh just because it's all using those practical effects, some of which are an homage to to earlier Hollywood filmmaking and and also to the comic books. And I I just feel like you know, everyone in the crew is (laughs) giving it their all in in making this movie really unique visually, even if like, yeah, the script is, is whatever. It's okay. It does its purpose, but uh, I don't know. I I, I I liked how how much it commits to this weird cartoon gangster world, even if the the baddies are kind of gross to look at sometimes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I guess it helps that they're all like secondary characters and don't have like huge scenes where you have to look at them for long stretches of time.
2: <laughs> for me. I just like to tell people that there's a scene where Dick Tracy makes one of his friends jump through a skylight onto a catapult that he has made so that Dick Tracy himself can fly up through that skylight. (laughs) I remember that now. He's like, how much
0: do you weigh? So, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, solely on the basis of that scene, it's all right. (laughs) You you gotta like that part.
2: Although, if there's one scene to talk about, it's the one that has not one, but two different goofs on IMDb. Are you ready for these bombs I'm about to drop on you guys? Drop them! Number one, two out of four found this interesting. (laughs) When Tess finds Dick Tracy and Breathless kissing, she's carrying two ice creams. Both with a round top scoop. In the next shot of test, one is licked flat. In all the shots following, the ice creams are either melting, not melting, etc. But never exactly the same twice. Ugh. Two out of four people clicked. That's interesting. And then, right below this on IMDb, the website that Amazon bought for billions of dollars. <laughs> the second goof. When, Tress and, when Tess and the kid are walking to Tracy's place, Tess is seen carrying two vanilla ice creams. But when going through Tracy's door, they look more like pistachio. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're not 100%, but it's like they look more like pistachio. It looks a little, a little green, I think. Why did you point out that Amazon bought IMDb? <laughs> I thought that was gonna have something to do with your goof.
2: You know, just, there's sometimes you forget these things
1: that like that. one company Amazon's, owns everything? Yeah. Yeah, sure.
2: And and it's like this user-generated content. That's part of the value to Amazon. Hmm. look at that. Look at that. Huh? Nobody's clicked interesting yes or no on this one. I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> oh, it wants it wants me to sign in with my Amazon account, so I'm just going to close the tab. <laughs> all, right, all right,
0: it's time for Villains Wiki. Uh, oh yeah, I got to do theme song. Theme song. So Villains Wiki. This is the portion of the podcast where I go to a website called Villains Wiki, which is a database of all the classic villains in pop culture. Uh, there were way too many for this movie So I'm only going to do two Because they're the only ones that have the stats section Which is really the only part I care about For Villains Wiki And I don't know if these two are particularly Funny As some of the other ones I've done But it's Dick Tracy I'm not not going to do Villains Wiki for Dick Tracy So here's my first one uh, This is the Villains Wiki for Big Boy He is an evildoer you guys <laughs> yeah uh full name alphonse caprice oh i I missed that alias big boy and boss definitely yeah origin dick tracy and he goes way back to the comics occupation crime leader hell yeah powers skills
2: (laughs) why use a synonym for mob boss and not
0: just call him a mob boss but they never established that's really the mob, though. Like the mob is like a real, like it's like a crime family. He's just like a, a guy who just got some friends together, and it's like we're a we're a crime gang. It's not about family.
1: Yeah, it's just a movie about a group of friends having fun. At the end of the day,
0: right? That's, that's, my, that's our little synopsis. Okay. Uh, his powers slash skills, marksmanship. Uh, I don't remember him actually hitting anything, but okay. Leadership, yeah, man, he unites mm. all the freaks. Lead by uh, fear. High intelligence. Uh. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> A hobby: kill anyone who gets on his way. Is that how it's worded. Mm. Oh, on in. Watch and that's best. his. That's his only hobby, guys. Kills any any. Okay, no, I I actually misread this. Kills any who gets on his way.
1: I feel like he all enjoys right. music. Yeah, that's why he buys the club. He's, he's trying to instruct all the dancers how to dance.
2: Yeah, remember that terrible scene where he's like telling him how to sing and dance. Ugh. Yeah. He how
0: enjoys pinstripe suits.
2: How did you guys feel about how the ending of the movie? is him just running around going like, "I didn't kidnap her." Are you supposed to feel bad for him that he's in this situation?
0: It is kind of weird that they had to like do that thing where they framed him. Like, why did, <laughs> like he's guilty of a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It was really like I, I was very emotionally confused <laughs> <about> that scene. <laughs> I can't feel sorry for this character. He's just too weird. He's too mean. Yeah. He's a crime leader. Uh, his goals. He only has one goal here. Have Dick Tracy killed failed. I would disagree that that was his only goal. Yeah. I
2: mean, he was happy to pay him off at the beginning of the movie, so it's not even tracking with who he is for the entire story.
0: It seemed like his goal was to have a monopoly on all the businesses in town by owning them all, Yeah. And to you, be the leader of all the gangs. He wanted to run the city. Run which the may city. or may
2: not be Chicago.
0: <laughs> Chicagoopolis. <laughs> Crimes. Mass murder. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, followed by attempted murder. Well.
1: I, don't, yeah,
0: I don't know that you need to put in the unsuccessful <laughs> ones, too.
2: You miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: True. Uh, kidnapping. Yeah. Robbery. Uh, yeah. Sure. yeah. And yeah. organized crime.
2: Yeah. Organizing crime is a crime, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's just funny. It's the first time I've ever seen the word "crime." Like, it, like the it's crimes and then organized crime. It's just funny to see it twice. And here's the hardest part of Villains Wiki, where I ask you guys, what type of villain is Big Boy? <sighs> And for our listening audience, I'll, I'll mention that this is always so difficult, because it's always oddly specific. There's not a bunch of default uh, labels for these villains. They're just totally random. It's very hard to guess.
2: I'm gonna go with murderous megalomaniac.
0: Colin, do you have a guess? Um, psychotic businessman. Psychotic businessman. Uh, Sean was pretty close. They use very similar <laughs> synonyms. Um... <laughs> Homicidal crime lord. I'm gonna, second, John, I'm gonna get it, John. I'm gonna get it. That's the second week, Sean, where you basically said what it was, but you said this like in a smarter way. <laughs> I'm gonna get this one of these one of these days. I'm gonna get it. All right, and I'll I'll do one more uh, real quick. I was surprised. Breathless Mahoney has one.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'd say she's an evil doer, but she's got one. According to Villains Wiki, she is an evil doer. Uh, yeah. Full name Patricia Mahoney, alias oh. Patty Breathless and the Blank, origin yeah. Dick Tracy comic strip, occupation nightclub nightclub singer and masked robber as the Blank. Uh huh. Okay. Power skills singing, <laughs> seduction, yeah, and cunning. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. It seems like you could put a couple more in there too, because she's also the Blank. Hobby, singing in nightclubs, and seducing men. <laughs> just, just another night seducing men. Goal, seduced Dick Tracy, failed. Unravel big boy Caprice's empire as the blank, succeeded. Yeah. yeah. Crimes, robbery, murder. And type of villain. Let's go again. <sighs>
2: Okay, so it's like it's like Mask of the Phantasm, where she's the femme fatale, but she's also the secret bad guy, but not the real bad guy because the real bad guy is Joker in that.
1: Uh, Manipulative mastermind.
2: (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm gonna go simple. I'm just gonna go femme
0: fatale. Breathless Mahoney is. A femme fatale. What?
1: <laughs>
0: That's the first time anyone has ever correctly guessed the type of villain on Villains Wiki. Sean was too. That means we have to quit the podcast. <laughs> High fives! High fives! High five! Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> got a clapping. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, oh, yeah, because cool. it it that's what it, they should be. They should be like that, but usually they're way weirder. Like what? What if it was Big Boys? It was homicidal crime lord. It could have just been crime lord. <laughs> and this could have easily been like manipulative femme fatale, if I know anything about villains. Wiki. <laughs> but no, you nailed it. That's it, man. Those are the two uh, my two villains wiki entries. Uh, you know, a couple other guys popped up, but, you know, they didn't have all the fun stats. Because they don't really, most of the other guys don't really do anything. I wonder if Mumbles has a good one. <laughs> because I looked up some, like Flat Top and Itchy, and they did have ones. But, uh, yeah, Mumbles doesn't have any stats. So.
2: Guys are beaming over here. I'm
1: thrilled.
0: Yeah, good job, man. <laughs>
1: You're a champion.
0: Alright, Colin, you want to bring us home? Oh, also we should talk about what we're doing next week. Colin, what are we doing next week?
1: So next week, we're talking about uh, the 1984 adaptation of Dune directed by David Lynch because for the past few months uh, the three of us, plus our friend Matt we've been doing a Dune book club uh in anticipation of the new Dune that's supposedly coming out at the end of this year. We'll see. We're excited about it, it seems like. Um, and so we'll be able to kind of compare the book to that movie that came out in the 80s. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts, head on over to mildlyplease.com or iTunes. I'm still doing my quarantine diaries on the vlog. Because <laughs> uh, we're all still quarantining. I don't know if I'll do them that much longer. Maybe till the end of May. I Call it quits. But uh, yeah, tune in next time. Because that's what Dick Tracy would want you to do. Mahoney. Girl
0: sexy and I'm talking about super hot And she's working on Tracy's soft spot Test too heart is the one
1: he's in love with Gotta keep a cool head so he don't flip But Tracy's too tough for that He gotta get prune face numbers in the road pack Influencing the thugs at the wrist Understand
0: that Tracy don't quit Till he gets his man and I'm talking about them Big Tracy's in effect again By degrees his empire grew An empire that fashioned itself into an unseemly replica of a king's court Where a justice could be put to death With a sore wake of a Neapolitan island.